Hey, Jordan, Jesse, Go listeners. It's me, Jesse. We don't have a new episode for you this week because we are in the midst of moving to our brand new MaximumFun.org world headquarters. Yes, that's right. We've got a new office. However, I thought that in lieu of a new episode of Jordan, Jesse, Go, I would take this opportunity to introduce you to our newest Max Fun show. It's a show that Jordan and I are working on together along with our colleague across the pond, Colin Anderson. It's a comedy quiz show called International Waters. This is our third episode. We're really proud of it. We think it's really hilarious. You should subscribe and listen in iTunes. Here is a sample episode. Enjoy it. Hello and welcome to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. In the mid-1960s, America experienced a British invasion. During this period, American teens went crazy for mop-topped rock bands from the UK. While they were making their mark on popular culture, they were also laying waste to the American landscape. Bands like the Beatles, the Animals, and the Dave Clark Five destroyed crops, defiled monuments, and emitted toxic clouds that still hover over certain parts of the Midwest. The Queen has yet to issue a formal apology for this British invasion, so we're going to settle the score here today by making comedians compete in a pop culture quiz. Playing today for the U.S. of A, a nation whose main export is reruns of Baywatch. A writer and comedian who has been seen on NBC's Parks and Recreation and Current TV, in addition to hosting the hit podcast Throwing Shade, Miss Erin Gibson. Hey, Erin, how you doing? Hi, I'm uh, not good. Can I talk about it? Oh, no, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Please do. By all means, we always like to start every show on a sour note. <laughs> I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Um, Aaron, I'm really excited. Uh, later this month, I'm hoping to attend your uh, Los Angeles stage show, Entertainment Hollywood, and I have seen the still shots, the promotional stills for this show, and you are as orange in this show as a human being could possibly be, like beyond news anchor, Southern California news anchor orange, like approaching carrot colored orange. It's nearly snooky. <laughs> It's it's actually that's the bottle color. It's called almost snooky. <laughs> Tell me, like, what do you have to do to get to that state of entertainment show skin color? Well, we have a makeup artist who sprays us like um like silkwood style. <laughs> <laughs> it is that traumatic as well. <laughs> do you have to be scrubbed down with steel wool? You actually do because if you put tanner on a body that's got dry skin, it will collect <laughs> so you have to exfoliate really hard and then you have to be sprayed by another human being as close to naked as you can get <laughs> also representing the majestic purple mountains of the united states of america famed improv comedian you might know him from eastbound and down on the home box office network mr andy daly hey andy how you Hi, doing good how are you i'm doing okay i was reading about your career using internet oh sure and i learned that you're going to appear <laughs> in a feature film called everybody loves whales <laughs> <laughs> I what no, but it already came out. They changed the title to Big Miracle. Oh, yeah. boo! <laughs> Sorry, Is man. What's Wales the point? The no, yeah. no. Cultural misunderstanding. Nobody loves whales. See, this is why this podcast works. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious comic misunderstanding. What are these whales like of which you speak? <laughs> no, it was a movie about whales that got trapped in the ice in Alaska in some effort to save them and uh, things to that effect. And well, I haven't seen it, but wow, it, it does sound like a big hilarious. miracle. You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only reason I didn't see it is because they changed the name from Everybody Loves Whales. Everybody Loves Whales. Yeah. They should have kept that name. Yeah. You know what the problem was? They found a couple of guys that didn't love whales. Yeah. And so, in the focus group. <laughs> yeah, and le legal made them change They're the name. They were just like, we cannot legally stand by that title anymore. <laughs> they were doing some, they were doing some, they, they found some like comet cards at a mall in Van Nuys. Yep. Yep. And just sorry guys. <laughs> These false two claim. do not love whales. They they're fine with dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, 
<laughs> they just don't. <laughs> the problem is they don't think mammals should be underwater. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to them. Uh, playing for the nation whose McDonald's serves something called Fish Fingers is an actress and comedian who's appeared in the IT crowd, Miranda and Peep Show, Margaret Caborn Smith. Hello, hello, Margaret. Hello. I've come with Ma- the most English name I could possibly find. I know you should be you should be a character on Downton Abbey. We should just put Dowager Countess before your name and yeah, then yeah, you're exactly. in business. Margaret's actually the most common female name in the country here, but it's really among, trashy. No, but, it's like a white oh, no, trash name. No, it's not trashy, but it'll only be for a few more years because all of them except me are like ninety. So they'll <laughs> die out soon and I'll be the only one. But for now, it's actually very popular. It's the most popular name among cartoon characters that are <laughs> English ethnic stereotypes. Yeah, sure. That's what I meant. <laughs> really bad teeth. <laughs> Margaret, hey. I gave... No, Margaret's I got gave... great teeth. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. Let's yeah, not go exactly. overboard. <laughs> I... Tolerable teeth, Cable Smith, they call her. <laughs> Really That's under skills <laughs> on your acting CV. <laughs> Solid teeth. teeth. Yeah. They teeth wouldn't work in the States. B to B minus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Margaret, I gave all of your like high quality prestigious acting credits or some of your <laughs> high quality prestigious acting yeah. credits in your They're introduction. You are also acting in a series of advertisements for filing your tax returns on time in England at the moment. Yeah, yeah, with a legend of broadcasting. Um, Wait, who, who? who's that? Moira I presume Stewart. it's Regis Philbin. I, I don't. I would be surprised if Moira no, Stewart right. has made it across okay. to the states. <laughs> yeah, all right. She's yeah. like the Dan Rather of uh, of UK um, tax return okay. adverts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've got you've got that, but. Yeah. Is she the kind of person who's well known for filing her taxes on time? Or she's just very authoritative and uh, and much loved. Much loved, yeah. Beautiful do speaking you, voice. Do you audition alongside a, a what's her name? Moira oh no, Smith? I had to sign something saying I wouldn't even mention her name to anyone when I when I did the audition. <laughs> Are I you know, violating your contract right now? <laughs> no, this I was in that like three years ago. It's an but international it waters out. exclusive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I get to remind myself every year that I'm failing to file my tax return. And yeah, all my friends hate Joining me. Margaret on the show is an actor, comedian, and the winner of last year's prestigious Edinburgh Comedy Award, Humphrey Carr. Hello, Humphrey. How are Hello. you, sir? Very well. I broke my leg two days ago, but otherwise, a okay. <laughs> oh no! Did you end yeah. up with pins? You got a what? Do you got a cast? I've got cast? like the best broken leg imaginable. Which is, I've cracked my fibula, which is a sort of bone you don't really use in your leg. So I get to tell everyone I've broken my leg, and I have a really badass limp. It's a sort of yeah. But otherwise, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, a pimp roll. We, we have pimp, unnecessary bones English in our legs. <laughs> yeah, there's like a spare one in case the, the main bone's down. Switch to the backup. <laughs> That's great to know. It yeah. really just protects yeah, against collapses. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it, it's kind of, if you really smash up your leg, you can get to a hospital and then they put in a new one. Humphrey, my. Works. My crack research staff, and by crack research staff, I mean my own late-night Googlings, have revealed to me that you have appeared in a certain amount of what is known as slash fiction. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, this for those of you who aren't hip to the uh, online the lingo, groove. is... Where certain... Well, Humphrey, I'll, I'll let you explain what <laughs> it so, is. Yeah, what happened was um, another comic uh, called Matthew Crosby, very funny guy, check him out, Googlers. Um, actually, don't, because you'll find a lot of disgusting slash fiction about him. <laughs> he, uh, Would you guys say that this guy is sort of the Dan Rather of yeah. slash fiction yeah, slash Someone tell me who Dan Rather is. He's, a, he's, a author, he's, a, he's, he's the Moira Stewart, Stewart of the United States. Um, he... Uh, yeah, so Matthew sent me a text saying, uh, words to the effect of, holy shit, have you seen this? And directed me to Twitter, where someone had sent a message to him saying, oh, I've just been reading some pretty pretty racy fiction about you and Humphrey, um, uh, sort of kissing, cuddling, whatever it is. 
I don't know. I, mean, I, you know, I, don't, I don't want to get too British about this, but it's all rather awkward. Um, and uh, yeah, I went onto this website and there's kind of someone somewhere, bless them, it's, it's how you know you've arrived, uh, has been writing some super graphic stories about me making sweet, sweet bone time with a series of my friends. And it seems that, wow. that the, the majority of Slash is uh, written by ladies, but it tends to be about fellows... Uh, making mummy daddy time with other fellows, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty eye opening and yeah, anus opening stuff. Um, yeah, he is blushing genuinely. I'm blushing up. I am quintessentially English. Wow, it's called slash fiction. I don't, I don't know. I, well, I, actually, I think I have a theory, which is is it interesting though. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to be in some it slash fiction, Margaret? It about Axel and Slash having sex. Oh, that's that, that, yeah. That. I think yeah. it's something like that. As yeah. usual, I am in neutral territory. Uh, I have renounced my citizenship. I am on board my luxury recording yacht. And again, as usual, I'm on the run from international authorities, having been caught this time trying to sell nuclear-grade plutonium to the government in exile of Tibet. Specifically, I'm embarrassed to say His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. Uh, we are currently two miles off the coast of Antarctica, and if everyone takes just one second to get really, really quiet, you can hear the sounds of penguins frolicking. Wait for it. Hold on. There it is. They're very quiet frolickers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, everybody. Okay, so um, in the past, we've picked buzz-in words on behalf of the nations of the United States and the United Kingdom. However, I feel that this time around, we're going to give an opportunity to the U.S. and the U.K. to pick their own buzz-in words. So Ooh. I'm going to start with the U.S. Pick one word to buzz in with that most exemplifies the values, ideals, dreams, and lives of the 250 or 300 million or so Americans. I'm being crushed by pressure right now. <laughs> that much? How about obesity? There you go. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Right. Well done. Uh, and and f for you guys in the UK, <laughs> you're representing a slightly smaller group of people and a slightly more faded empire, but certainly grand dreams. Hey, we've still or at got least... the Falklands, all right? <laughs> That's well, pretty sweet. That. <laughs> By the time this goes out. Yeah. Standing strong. Um, what, what word would you like to use to buzz in? Falklands. Oh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> let's let's use this platform, Margaret. Let's use this platform to start really getting some pink back okay, on the map. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so for this episode of International Waters, U.S., you'll be buzzing in with obesity, and U.K., you'll be buzzing in with Falklands. We're going to start the show with our pop culture warm-up, What's the Story? I'll be asking our team's questions about a variety of recent cultural events. They'll be awarded two points for correct answers and one point for incorrect answers that please me. Since wow. having buzzers would anger the penguins, England, please buzz in with your buzzword, Falklands, and America, please buzz in with your buzzword, obesity. Will do. Ready, steady, gang? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Deceased rapper Tupac Shakur recently appeared at the Coachella Music Festival as a what? Obesity. Obesity. Oh, the United oh. States of America. Uh, it was a hologram. Yep. That is absolutely correct. And Can we have some actually... questions about British rappers, please? I'm pleased that the answer was a hologram because... Anything, anything else, else would like have been appearing dead as anything. I mean, it's pretty scary. <laughs> as a fly-wreathed corpse. Yeah. Please welcome. <laughs> to the oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> oh my god, that's a 
I want that to be like my sign off for my email or something. <laughs> we put a wreath of flies sign on the door every year at Christmas cool. time. It was actually really good that he appeared as a hologram because while they don't check for regular guns at the door of the Coachella Festival, they do check for laser guns, which is the only <laughs> way that you can murder a hologram. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it live. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was there. What was it It was like? very disappointing and sad, and I felt oh. really icky. <laughs> oh, no. And hey, that's pretty much what they were going for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they wanted people to feel. Icky. <laughs> he also floated in a weird Scooby-Doo-like way. Oh. Like, there was no It'd be great if ground. they pulled back a curtain and were like, It's <laughs> old man Johnson. <laughs> Here's our next question. Pippa Middleton was recently oh, on, involved in a scandal. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Pippa Middleton was recently involved in a scandal when a passenger in her car pointed what at a member of the paparazzi? Forklands! Do I need to name the type of gun? The UK is really excited to answer this (laughs) Pippa-related question. She's the one thing that's putting us on the international map. (laughs) 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 We're, like, nationally obliged to take an interest. Yeah, and her butt. Yeah, I know it was a gun. Do you know what sort of... You're a big fan of guns. It wasn't her butt, was it? Oh, God. (laughs) She'd been to a dwarves and strippers yeah. party. She's living it up like yeah. a sort of 17th century French monarch by <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Hiring, <laughs> hiring the deformed to entertain her. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, it's a dwarves and strippers party? Yeah, strippers. It, was a it was in strippers France. Party. It was in France. Which... Yeah, we had oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. not Italy. Where it would we make had sense. nothing to do with it. Uh, and yeah, she it pointed a gun. a gun. It was a gun, wasn't it? Yeah, the, I, I'm going to give it to you. It was actually, believe it or not, a fake gun. Um, yeah, and who say. who knows why anyone who isn't a six-year-old had a fake gun. <laughs> um, but apparently someone in Pippa Middleton's uh, party did have one. And That was the party the that night was dwarves and fake guns. Yeah. <laughs> rotated the strippers out. <laughs> Very and then strippers exciting. and fake guns, and then back to strippers and dwarves. <laughs> Ongoing yeah. Okay, here's our next question, folks. Francis Lawrence, the director of the Keanu Reeves angel-themed action movie Constantine, will direct the sequel to what hit movie currently breaking box office records? Obesity. Oh, United States of America. With a guess. The yes. Hunger Games? That's absolutely correct. Wow. That was good. As the, of the this what? taping, The Hunger <laughs> Games has grossed nearly $350 million, <laughs> making it the most successful child murder-themed film of all time. <laughs> well, for now. I thought I've seen, yeah. I've seen adverts for it, but it, it just I thought it was something to do with the Olympics, and they were uh, <laughs> some kind of London-based. Oh, uh, yeah. The bland it's Olympics. heptathlon, isn't it? And then <laughs> yeah. you run, and then you shoot someone with an arrow. Yeah. 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 Right. Wait, is it about, it's it. about preteens killing one another for food? I think that's a, approximately correct. I've not seen the film, but I believe it to be about preteens killing each other, or uh, alternately... Preteens killing each other for tickets to the film The Hunger Games. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very violent crowd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody loves killing each other for food was the first title of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gang, what unfortunate incident happened to Simon Cowell after a one-night stand with a woman in Hollywood? Falklands. Oh, UK. Bona fail. Please say boner throughout this entire show. Because it was a we can't say that. We can't say that. I'm going to give you a point for boner fail. That's not correct, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) An unfortunate incident. I think she. Can I answer? Because somebody said Falkland. Yeah, sure. Why not? Was that our chance? Did someone? Did someone leak like the winner? Oh no, we we have not buzzed in. Yeah. Oh, right. We're not just allowed to talk no. just at random. <laughs> no talking. Oh, go ahead. Um, okay. Obesity. Yeah, U.S. She uh, d- d- described it to the press. <laughs> <laughs> Did it enter into the public consciousness? <laughs> just people were forced to think about the prospect <laughs> yeah, of right. Simon Cowell engaging in sexual intercourse. Dear Lord. <laughs> That no, that's that's down. not correct, but it's good enough for a point. I'm going back to the UK because it sounds like you guys have one more guess. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it was like a sort of sitcom plot, wasn't it? Where um, 
she she tried to make a souffle for his boss, but it lit on fire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the only chance I'm going to get to have a promotion, for God's sake. (laughs) That kind of thing. That was a great Simon Cowell. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I am I am noted. And that's you probably don't know, but uh, in this country, I'm noted as the UK's premier Simon Cowell impersonator. <laughs> no, I did know that. I'm reinforcing that it's a good choice for you. God bless you for your kind words. <laughs> did it turn out to be his mother, and had he murdered his father? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just guessing Greek myths now? <laughs> or is his that uncle did he have to push arrows? a rock up a hill oh. every day, and then when he got to the top, it rolled back down? Did like the sexual situation just happen in Hollywood or with... It, here's what happened. Oh, yeah. Since yeah. no one knows, he was robbed. The mystery woman made off with his laptop and all of the contents of his wallet. Uh, luckily, what? however, for Simon Cowell and all of the fans of his television programs, his collection of 8,000 black T-shirts was untouched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know, that's actually what I said, but Humphrey has a louder voice and talked some shit over it. Why don't you fuck off, Margaret? Oh, divisions appearing in our team. <laughs> yeah, I've, had, I've had half a can of Stella Artois, so everyone better watch voice. out. Half a can, Sorry, what does do that mean on. over there? <laughs> that means half a can. It's the like, metric system. We uh, wouldn't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give this. Actually, can I take this opportunity to say oh, we God. don't use the metric system in this country? Really? We do. Good. For drinks, we do. Well, we no pints. That's not me- that's imperial. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. We have a pint, mate. I so oh, tell your Simpsons writers and, <laughs> and your South Parks and all these fellows that like to stick it to us over our metric system that H car is coming for them. <laughs> I would really, really like a job, please. The money's terrible over here. <laughs> I'm giving the UK an extra point for their entertaining internal dissension. Yes, very good. Um, and at the end of this good, round, the US home. has a very narrow five to four point lead. You're listening to International Waters. We've come to a brand new round on the program that we are calling, Now That's What I Call, a Music Round. Since 1983, the Now That's What I Call music compilations have collected the most popular radio singles of the day on one handy album for people who love music but hate hearing a song they've never heard before. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be plucking songs from those albums and giving you the year they were released. You'll also get one point for identifying the artist and one point for the song title. Either country can answer for all of the questions. Here's our first song from 2012 and the United States compilation. I think I've got it. United States. Pitbull? No, that is not Pitbull, unfortunately. Falklands. Yes, UK. Oh, uh, LMFAO. Sexy and you know it. That's absolutely <laughs> correct. Well, it's sexy and I know it, but... I'm going to give you the point just for admitting that you know oh, the yeah, title of an LMFAO point, song. We're taking the point, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the, the sign-off on my email. You're <laughs> taking the point? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, our next tune comes from the UK's compilation in 1983. One-year-old <laughs> Falklands. I did know. Falklands. Oh, it's uh, Bonnie Tyler. Um, totally clips in oh. <laughs> Wow, that was incredibly fast, UK. That's Thank two points. You. That absolutely was 1983. I know. I should have made a joke. I was too excited about knowing it. Margaret was a very lonely child. <laughs> I'm probably on, the Bonnie. only one who was alive. Turn then. around for me. <laughs> she was the Beyonce of the 80s. She, she still is. <laughs> she still is. <laughs> What's that mean? I don't imperial answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> or an imperial answer to that question. Beyonce have to is ask the, the high potent <laughs> Okay, uh, here's a song from the 1996 U.S. compilation. 
Obesity. Uh, oh, sounds like we've got to check in on the United States side here. That is um, uh, slip inside the eye of your Oasis. Oasis. Save the Oasis. The yes, that's and absolutely it is, correct. Um, uh, it's not Champagne Supernova. No. Wait, are you, you guys are doing a great job yeah. so far? <laughs> it's not Wonderwall. No, it's not Wonderwall. Oh, wait, it's fuck. Yeah, I just told them it's, it's, it's not <laughs> Party Rock Anthem. I don't think we're going to get the I don't title. Think we, I don't know the title. We're not going to get the title. You got one out of two. UK, I'm going to give you a chance to guess the title of the song. Oh, uh, don't yes, Don't Look Back in Anger. Oh, yes. Uh, that's absolutely Guess correct. what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they were at Coachella as well, Erin. <laughs> well, only only um, Liam, right? Or Noel? One of the pricks. We're Who's the busted-looking one? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Who's the witch-looking one? <laughs> the non-attractive one? Oh, that's Noel. That's yeah. Noel, yeah. yeah. Be poor, no. So it was Liam? Liam? No. He, Noel's the worker. I don't know. What am yeah, I doing? Yeah, Noel's the, the, right? the marriage Noel's the material. Yeah, yeah. You want to marry Noel and bang Liam. <laughs> I can do without. I don't think either, Liam could show either. up and do a show by himself. I'm not attracted no. to either of them now that I think about Good it. Good for no. you. God bless you, Aaron. <laughs> I'm only attracted to both of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing a lot of slash fiction about them. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you it is a little gross yeah, slash fiction about them. Here's, here's our last music clue. This is from the 2000 UK compilation. <laughs> well, now. We call this the act of mating, but there are several other very important differences between human beings and animals that you should know about. Falklands. Gross. Mm. It's some trashy it, R&B thing. Uh, it is it Kiss from a Rose by Seal? yeah oh that sorry that was my remix in my garage <laughs> form an orderly cue ladies <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately uk that is incorrect <laughs> what it was bad touch by the bloodhound gang oh yeah i remember them uh, yeah, and, yeah, we all do, for better or for worse. <laughs> At the end of that round, the UK is leading eight points to six. Yeah. A narrow one, but a lead nonetheless. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on International Waters. Now is the time on our show when we welcome a celebrity guest to help us challenge the cultural medal of our panelists. Our guest today, Mr. Kurt Explodo Anderson. He is a celebrated writer of both fiction and nonfiction and the host of Public Radio's Studio 360. His Yay! new novel is called True Believers, and it's always a joy to get to talk to us. He's joining us from his home in New York City. Hey, Kurt, how are you doing? I'm good here in, in Brooklyn. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. Does Brooklyn not count as Brooklyn is one of the boroughs of New York City, right? It is one of the boroughs, but, uh, you know. We... It's the cool one. Sorry. Jeez Louise. Sorry. I didn't know you were so cool, Kurt. There you go. I try. Um, I try my best. Speaking of how cool you are, uh, you were on Jordan Jesse Go not that long ago, our comedy podcast. That doesn't make you cool. Quite the opposite. But on Jordan Jesse Go, our guests often come up with their own nickname to go along with Jordan and my own sort of self-consciously ridiculous nicknames. And you nicknamed yourself Explodo, or so we believed, until I was having dinner with one of your colleagues at Studio 360 at a public radio conference. And that colleague let slip that Explodo is your actual childhood nickname, which I have a hard time believing even now. Is that true? It's absolutely true. Uh, it was given to me by my older brother and then adopted by the rest of my family. And uh, I was Explodo. And, it, and it was, the source of it was that I, was a, uh, that I loved firecrackers and fireworks and, and, and took buses to other states in order to be able to buy them legally and <laughs> smuggle them back to Nebraska. That really is the kind of thing that I imagine on an interstate bus in like the late 1960s, early 1970s. It's just... You know, there's some sort of like easy rider type dudes and some kind of drugstore cowboy type dudes. And then there's a 12 year old. Yeah, like a, <laughs> and then there's just a 12 year old with a duffel bag full of fireworks. That's me. 
that's me. It's an indie film. Let's go sell it. <laughs> Headed back to Omaha with his booty. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and then I would get take my old plastic models of airplanes and Dracula and stick large firecrackers in them and blow them up. And once in the, the, my, the happiest, single happiest experience of my childhood, I found a, a three-inch pipe and, and uh, put cherry bombs in it, turning it into a mortar, which fired uh, tennis balls at cows. It was uh, truly the, the, the highlight of my middle school <laughs> years. I believed everyone who told me that things like that would blow my hands off, so I never went anywhere near it. But it sounds like I missed out on all the fun. Yeah, well, I have only one hand. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should explain that Kurt dictates all of his novels. <laughs> oh, I see. So, Kurt, your new novel, True Believers, is set partly in the world of the late 1960s, partly in the present day. Um, but you are not quite old enough to have spent the late 1960s, you know, protesting on the streets and participating in the Cultural Revolution, except to the extent that uh, you were exploding Dracula's. Um, was exploding Dracula's your effort to be part of the Cultural Revolution that was going on at the time? It was my way to be here now and tune in and turn on. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm five or six years older, younger rather than the characters in this novel. But, you know, I was there. I was 12 and 13 and saw it happening and aspired to be a hippie revolutionary. And, yes, uh, setting up firecrackers was my little uh, feeble attempt to be part of the cool kids. But mostly Tell me it was just – I also like setting fires, you know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would dump uh, my mother's perfume out on her dresser and light it on fire. So I, I was just uh, – you know, it was a general pyromaniacal thing. That seems like a really expensive accelerant to choose, Kurt. Well, but it was convenient and uh, and uh, and seemed to to, to <laughs> not uh, have the danger as I think lighter fluid would have spreading and burning down my house. At least that's what it seemed to me at age eleven and twelve. You had a good plan, in other words. Tell me a little I bit did, about exactly. It was prudent. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the protagonist of True Believers. She is a woman. Uh, she is. It's, this is her fictional memoir. She is sort of like Hillary Clinton if Hillary Clinton hadn't married Bill Clinton uh, and, and simply been a prominent lawyer and, and married a composer, which she, my character Karen Hollander does. She lives in Los Angeles. She's the dean of UCLA Law School. She's a best-selling author. And in this memoir, she is, among other things, confessing uh, some spectacular secrets of her 60s youth. Does she wear pantsuits? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't describe her as wearing pantsuits, but I do describe her as being unfashionable. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid you may have nailed her on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt, since part of your novel takes place in the 1960s, an era known for, among other things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, we figured we'd have you ask our panelists some questions about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Our first question goes to the United States, who are well behind. Kurt, ask Count away. Question number one. Oh boy. According to a survey done by Playboy magazine, 71% of women have used their smartphones to do what? Masturbate. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah, because you could... You put them on vibrate? Yeah, use you it just as a vibrator. sit on it and make some calls. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's look-up porn, but I masturbate seemed like a... Do you activate? <laughs> you, you use voice activation? Siri, make some calls? It's so complicated because you got to like have someone call you, and then you got to sit on the phone, and then sometimes your connection's bad. <laughs> Depends on your carrier, really. Um, <laughs> Siri, Andy, do you have a... Siri, bring me to fruition. <laughs> I just assume that would be the most awful thing to do with your iPhone. I think it's either that or it's um, uh, uh, sex via FaceTime connection. Oh, you but know I, what it probably is? But I feel is? like you're right. What is it? What if it's sexting? Sex... Oh, yeah. What was the percentage? Oh, yeah. 71%. Okay, it has to be sexting. I think it's sexting. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. It's sexting. I'm glad we talked that through. <laughs> Our next I'm question. also dying to know the methodology of a Playboy poll. 
<laughs> they just they just ask some ladies that are hanging around, <laughs> hanging hanging out at the grotto. I'm sh- I'm shocked that seventy percent of whoever is involved in that 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 should be a higher percentage if it's playgirls. <laughs> yeah, right. A hundred percent of women sexed. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't all good with the letters. According to a Playboy poll, 100% of women have serious daddy issues and cry themselves to sleep at night. <laughs> um, uh, the next question for the UK, Kurt Shoot. Question. Medical marijuana has been legal in California for some time now. A company in Southern California is making what to make buying pot easier? Oh, Company, like some something to make buying pot easier. A, uh, a giant hemp shopping trolley. <laughs> You're concerned that the big problem with buying marijuana is the inconvenience of having too much to carry at once. Yeah, <laughs> that's I a lot of marijuana. I can't smoke this trolley. It's a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute, um, man. I don't know. I'm trying uh, to is think it like of a, an ATM that dispenses hash. It is. It's yeah. It's difficult to roll them up, isn't it? That's the main problem. Oh yeah. Is it pre-rolled doobies, as I believe the kids like to refer to them as? <laughs> you mean people your age? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, madam? <laughs> it's specific. You are. You are actually closer with the ATM guess. Uh, the oh, correct really? answer is a vending machine. Dispense nice. Labs in Aliso Viejo is about to start renting vending machines to dispensaries where customers can buy their medicine after hours. Uh, the next question for the no U.S. of A. Which country singer is in talks to play Joni Mitchell in an upcoming biopic? Oh, God. Oh, dear. Country oh, singer. Come on. I'm afraid we're far too sophisticated to know any of them. Um, Must be Shania is she, Twain. Is she an M- MGMT? Not- Just kidding. That was a stupid, yeah. random <laughs> indie rock joke that wasn't a joke because no one laughed. I do anyway. feel like Shania Twain is the only name of a, of a female country singer that is on the tip I of the I don't think she's an That's actress, That's pretty much though. all we know. Wait, she's a... Dolly co- oh, oh, it's, oh, it's Catherine McPhee. I bet. No. No, the, is she country? There was an American Idol person who became a country. Is it who's the, who's, Billy yeah, Ray who's Cyrus. The one, no, no, no. Who's the one who got interrupted by um Yeah, that Kanye. one. That's the one. Oh, by Kanye? The oh, uh, sweet little Kim adorable Kardashian. angel. I'm going to let you finish. Oh, Lord. I, is she an actress now? Ta- Taylor Tyler. Taylor Swift. Ta- Taylor, Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the answer. Yeah. You're absolutely we correct. Yeah, thank you, London. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, London. You're welcome. Oh, oh, yeah, Next question goes to the UK. What do you got, Kurt? All right. In a recent interview, the rapper Nicki Minaj said that a voice in her head told her to quit what? And there's a note here. We realize that Minaj isn't exactly associated with, quote, drugs or, quote, rock and roll, but the writer of this segment would like to have, quote, sex with her. <laughs> is it um, wigs? <laughs> Pink wigs. Yeah. That's, that's literally all I know about Nikki Minja. As I, um, uh, it's not having a on. having a booty that won't quit. Oh, <laughs> She's trying to quit booty. She's trying to quit her booty quit. that won't quit. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I think we should go with wigs. Yeah, we're going with, with either of those. <laughs> Wait, I feel like we should help you since you helped us. Okay. Oh, yeah, do us a solid. So uh, it's like a, um, it's a thing where you can write your thoughts. You know the answer yeah. and you're giving oh, a hint. Yeah. It's journaling. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, journaling. it's like tiny draw journaling something. but for the internet. Oh. <laughs> Does that mean? Yeah, is, is it draw something? <laughs> yes, it's draw something. <laughs> uh. They t- told it. No, it's Twitter, you nitwits. I said Twitter. <laughs> Why could no one hear me? Oh, she oh, said Twitter. yes. <laughs> okay, Twitter. You need your voice to be more strident and shrieking, Mark. Twitter. <laughs> there you go. We'll give you. We'll give you another point for that one. Uh, <laughs> and at the end of that round, the UK still retains their commanding lead. However, we are brought now to the pitch off. Kurt, you've just finished your new novel, True Believers, which is headed for bookstores across the known world. Um, And we have four brilliant show business professionals here on hand. (laughs) So what we're going to ask them to do is 
put their heads together and pitch you your next project. Whoever comes up with the best pitch, as chosen by you, will be awarded big points. Uh, I'm going to start with the UK and put them on the spot since they have the most points at the moment. UK, um, what yes. is your pitch for Mr. Kurt Anderson? Uh, how about um, what would have happened to Eleanor Roosevelt if she'd never met Teddy Roosevelt? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> 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 and, and if she got through the whole marrying his son without... When am I going to meet your dad? <laughs> I don't understand. Any, Are you any, keeping me secret because I'm supposed to be a lesbian? Oh, I'm drunk. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how about that? But, but and it's called. Married, but she married his son. Yeah, and it's called <laughs> Untrue Believers. <laughs> See what we've done there? It's very clever. <laughs> Have you guys worked out any plot details of this? I guess we would call yes. this new genre alternative alternative history. Yeah, it's it's like it's an incredible farce, isn't it? It's like an yeah. incestual farce where basically. Teddy wants to bang Eleanor. <laughs> like in Back to the Future. Just like in Back to the Future. Um, in fact, that was the plot of Back to the Future too, wasn't it? Um, it's basically, it's, it's Teddy chasing Eleanor around the White House. It's all set on one night. The night of, of Franklin's uh, inauguration. And it's, it's super disrespectful. Like, <laughs> Lots of sexy polio, references to the Rough Riders. polio is the main thrust of the humour of the novel. It's funny. Loads of like, Franklin, could you just fetch me down the Constitution from that top shelf? No, sorry! <laughs> okay, US, it's your turn to pitch Kurt Anderson, uh, writer, radio host, magazine editor, all-around man about town. His next big project. Okay, so the show Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was a failure. Mm. But what about Studio 360 on the Sunset Strip? <laughs> we take public radio, <laughs> put it in the sauciest part of Los Angeles, home of strippers, rippers, and grippers. <laughs> <laughs> grippers, by the way, are what electricians are called on a Hollywood set. <laughs> And we, I'm literally writing it like I would write a dumb pitch that I'm sending out. Uh, and, uh, and we see what happens when public radio meets public disrespect. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, or uh, my, uh, my other idea was um, a shot-for-shot shot remake of Pretty in Pink starring the original cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You've got to do Which that. Which has to be done quick because Harry Dean Stanton, I mean, he's still here, but for how long? <laughs> Kurt, Man, it's... I hope he doesn't go before this podcast goes out. <laughs> Kurt, I'm gonna discount. I'm gonna discount Andy Daly's idea, which has nothing to do with you or your career. I oh, I didn't realize it had to. It's by far the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's gonna make us all the most really dollar, right? Because we all get. We're all gonna get a slice yeah, of this, yeah. right? We're all here. Um, Kurt, which which nation which nation's idea are you gonna go with? Well, on the one hand, uh, I guess the fact that. Teddy Roosevelt died a dozen years before uh, Franklin Roosevelt was in the White House. Shouldn't get in the way of of, of that plan because factual accuracy uh, doesn't you know isn't a deal breaker. Um, and the the other one, the Studio 360, is actually uh, a reasonable idea if we could get maybe not Aaron Sorkin, but you know his cousin Herman Sorkin or something to <laughs> create it for us. Um, I, I think uh, the 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 Teddy and Eleanor thing I got to say is, uh, uh, despite <laughs> its its historical impossibility, uh, the one I'm going to choose. Well, well played. <laughs> that broadens the UK's lead. Uh, Kurt, thank you so much for joining us on International Waters. It was a joy to have you. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Kurt Anderson is the host of the wonderful public radio arts program Studio 360, which you can find online at studio360.org. And his new novel, True Believers, hits stores all over the world, or at least in uh, much of the world. Hey, let's, let's face it, the parts that matter <laughs> in July. That now makes for 500 rejections of my pretty and pink idea. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. 
Let's see if the UK can extend their lead in the quickfire round, where all of the questions are worth two points. Uh, both teams will have 30 seconds to answer as many questions as they possibly can. United mm. States, since you're behind, I will let you have your first choice of category and a chance to set the agenda points-wise. You can choose between internet memes and the films of Mr. Steven Spielberg. Mm. I'm pro- I could do both of those, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Well, then you choose. Well, you have oh. to choose, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So can't we can't do, do both? both? Is that the, is that the <laughs> you word? You can't deciding? just do both and then take all of the points. That's not how it works. Um, uh, Maybe Mr. Spielberger. Okay, let's do it. Okay, the films of Not Steven his name, Spielberg. so we're off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Minus two. <laughs> Colin Anderson, our producer, set that clock. Ready, steady, begin. This 1977 Spielberg film features Richard Dreyfuss yelling... Obesity! (laughs) Incorrect. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg recently directed an adaptation of this boring European comic book. Oh, that one about the the boy. Tintin. Correct. In Jurassic Park, which actor says, hold on to your butts? Jeff Goldblum? Incorrect. Samuel L. Jackson. The 1991 remake of Cape Fear was produced by Spielberg and directed by whom? Scorsese. Correct. Nuking the Fridge has become show business shorthand for running a franchise into the ground. This comes from what Spielberg movie? Indiana Jones. That's correct. Which one? And that's a total of (laughs) seven points. No, six points. Can't get seven points in a round where points are given out two at a time. It's just a sign of my bad hash marking skills. Is what it is. Um, and that leaves internet memes to the UK. Mm. Uh, US, you have uh, taken your total to twelve points. Oh, UK, you don't have to buzz in on this round. We we learned that lesson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we learned that lesson from you. <laughs> UK, your category, internet memes. Colin Anderson, set that clock, and let's begin. This mass participatory internet trend involves having one's photograph taken whilst lying rigidly face down in a public space. Planking. Correct. One of the first viral stars was an overweight high school student imitating this famous sci-fi uh, movie. Star Wars, yeah. A hipster Sorry. version of which Disney cartoon recently became a meme? Hercules. Incorrect. Ariel, the Little Mermaid. One of my fears (laughs) is that my children's privileged life won't allow them to feel the same triumphs I've felt, and I wasn't poor. Hmm. Humble brag. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Which star's name is missing from each of the following facts? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks his closet for X. There is no theory of evolution. Absolutely correct. That's time. (laughs) Good job. Nice work, you guys. What do we got? We spend a lot of time on the internet. (laughs) internet, We do nothing. Reading our own slash fiction. (laughs) I don't have any. Crying and wanking. (laughs) The three-eyed cry. The three-eyed cry. (laughs) 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 Doesn't work for girls. I don't know. Certain girls I've seen Mm. on the internet. Have you Googled that on the internet? Oh, dear. Fun stuff. What, certain girls? Well, certain girls who do certain... uh, Oh, how do I say this in a nice way? Have sprinklers in their vaginas? <laughs> oh, wow. No, I'm, that is yeah. a lovely way to say it. <laughs> Thank you. I have a way with words. It's a very inefficient way to keep your lawn watered. Oh, very. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in that round, the UK broadly widened its lead with a truly remarkable performance. They now have a total of 17 points to the that US. That one's for wow. Bunker Hill, motherfuckers. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I believe uh, General Cornwallis <laughs> said something fine. similar. He did. That's what he said when he handed over his sword at Yorktown. He'd, uh, he just dunked it in a load of dog shit. There you go, Washington, hey you douchebag. Hey, guys, history joke. <laughs> I'll take it. Try corner hat. Am I right? Yeah, you are right. You are definitely right. You're not wrong. You You're told not. those tricorns. <laughs> We'll be back with more International Waters in just a second. You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. Our team's Andy Daly and Aaron Gibson, representing the United States of America, Margaret Caborn-Smith, and Humphrey Carr for the Great Britain. 
The Great Britain? Is yeah. that <laughs> Not that shitty one next door. <laughs> Some United Kingdoms? Why not? <laughs> For our next round, we welcome a special guest from the UK, writer of the Digested Reads Literary Parodies for the Guardian newspaper. From our London studio, please welcome John Crace. Hi there. Hi. Hi, John. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, well, I'm not, actually. I've got a new knee, which is giving me hell, but there you go. <laughs> is it better than the old knee? <laughs> not yet. The oh. idea is that it will be. <laughs> Thanks to modern technology. Yep. Does it have a USB port? <laughs> <laughs> so, John, uh, you are going to read some of your parodies, and our teams are going to buzz in when they recognize the book being parodied. Um, actually, because this bit is from Britain, we're going to arbitrarily change the rules. So are you, you're not going to be allowed to buzz in until the end, OK? Fair enough. <laughs> and um, just as a clue to everyone, these were books published both sides of the Atlantic in the last year. OK, mm -hmm. first one. Sophia is our firstborn. At three months old, I left her for days on her own to learn Poincaré's conjecture while I rewrote the US Constitution. And by the time she was three, she could speak seven languages, play Rachmaninoff's third piano concerto, and had never so much as smiled. My second child, Lulu, was more of a handful, even though she, too, was far more talented than the second-rate children of decadent American parents she tried to resist my will at every turn. At the age of two, she refused to do more than ten hours of maths homework a night and deliberately played wrong notes in the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. <laughs> there was a third child, Tiananmen. He was even more willful and used to get out of his pram and stand defiantly in Times Square. Regrettably, I had to crush him with a tank. His death was not wholly in vain. Sophia and Lulu gave me a lot less trouble after that. Okay, name the book. Falklands. What? Okay, UK. I th I think it's is it Confessions of a Tiger Mother? Nearly, nearly. Something um, of a tiger mother. Uh, secrets. Defense secrets. Of a tiger. Sexy secrets of a tiger mother. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right, does it? No, it doesn't, it doesn't quite trip off the tongue. I'm going to give a point for se sexy secrets of a tiger mother. That sounds pretty right. good to me. But it, it was Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. Oh. Who is um, America's own Amy Chua. Okay. Well, I hate children. That's why I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm afraid tigers. that one was designed to be easy for us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> See how you go with this one, then. Okay. Why, you may ask, would the world's greatest actress wish to share her kitchen secrets? It is because I have the secret of eternal life. When my <laughs> beloved father, who taught me so much about cooking, was diagnosed with cancer in 1998... I became convinced I could cure him with a macrobiotic diet. Sadly, he died. But only because he had eaten too much steak and chips when he was young. But with these recipes, my children, and possibly your children, if they have double-barreled surnames, can live forever. <laughs> I think I know the author, but I don't know the book. Uh, the United States. Obesity. Okay. It's Gwyneth Paltrow? It That's is Gwyneth Paltrow. Correct. And oh, it's called um, Suck This Motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> it's called I Fucked Chris I Martin and All I Got Was an Awesome Recipe Idea. It's called Head in a Box. It's called <laughs> Notes from My Kitchen Table. What's our next parody? Okay, this may help the Americans. Oh, good. Okay. Don't bet on it. Now, when you say it may help the Americans, you mean that this is a parody of a television program, correct? <laughs> <laughs> there was something about the way the skinny shortstop picked up and threw the ball that caught the eye of the Westish College catcher, Mike Schwartz. How about you come and play for us, he said. I can fix you up with a college bursary. Isn't it a bit odd for a student to be also in charge of admissions, replied the shortstop, Henry Scrimshander. <laughs> I'm your gay mulatto roommate, purred Owen Dunn, as Henry arrived at Westish. 
I'm more interested in Emerson than baseball, but somehow I'm still on the college team. Did you notice the statue of Herman Melville outside? You've just walked into the great American novel. (laughs) (laughs) Falklands. It's it's called The Lost Art of Fielding, I think, and it's it's by... The funniest baseball name I know, Albert Pujols. <laughs> We're going to give wow. you that. We're going to give you that. Art of Fielding by Chad Harbatch. Or oh. back. How Has that been out in the States? What? Of course. Yeah, that is a critically acclaimed novel. And as, as hilarious as Albert Pujols is, the only way you could have gotten <laughs> two points from that one is if you had identified the author as... Former Atlanta Braves minor leaguer, wonderful, terrific Mons the Third. <laughs> Is that a real? Person? His father and grandfather were also named wonderful, <laughs> terrific <laughs> Mons. Is that right? Yes, that's great. <laughs> I had a visit from a man from the council who was called Sunday on a banjo. Whoa! I got this letter that said you were visited by Sunday on a banjo. No, no, I'd remember that. (laughs) Sorry, John. Go on. Okay, this is your last one. This is a quintessentially British book from uh, last year, but I believe it's been published and well received uh, in the states as well. And it was turned into a viral video. Of course. <laughs> Published, well-received, but not read, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> there were three of us, and Adrian now made the fourth. I would tell you the names of the other two, but they are of little consequence. Besides which, my memory is most unreliable, and so it is possible I have not even remembered their names correctly. And it would be a shame to burden you with even more potentially inaccurate information. Suffice to say, we were all rather smug public schoolboys. Though Adrian's sense of entitlement was perhaps the greatest, given as he was to making remarks such as, history is that certainty produced at the point where the imperfections of memory meet the inadequacies of documentation. The only challenge to our self-satisfaction occurred when a boy named Robson committed suicide after getting a girl pregnant. But fortunately... It wasn't long before Adrian was able to put us right. Eros and Thanatos, he said. Camus believed suicide was the only true philosophical question. Or maybe he didn't say that at all. Who knows? Um, So you said it's quintessentially (laughs) British. I'm going to guess. I know I'm not in this game, but I'm just going to go with Downton Abbey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you're very, you're so very right. Right. It's the book adaptation, or possibly the... Sir Alec Guinness. <laughs> is he uh, a book? Oh, God, I don't know, but it sounds like a laugh riot. Uh, whatever the book is, um, uh, uh, is it a Christopher Hitchens book? What that he wrote posthumously? Yeah. Yes. Oh, burn! You just got book Dead burn. Literally. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Too bad. I thought he died this year. No, I can't keep up. Never mind. Never mind. It's Julian Barnes's sense of an ending. Won the Booker Prize, Whitbread Prize, Costa Prize. And it's short as well. And it's short. Yeah. Did Um, it win an Emmy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ashamed that I I haven't read it. Never mind. I would let you read anything if you wanted. That just listening to it was like listening to um, like if I had a a good father. Paint dry. Oh. Yeah, mm. <laughs> a, fa- a, a dad who cared, oh. <laughs> oh. who was around, oh, who um, wasn't a monster, or, yeah. or, or a racist, mm-hmm. or a uh, you know tax evader, or a um, just he just would shoot dogs whenever. So if, that, if you if that was that's what it reminded me of, like a hearing a bedtime story from an actual mm-hmm. competent Human father. Being. How nice. Yeah, guys, my dad's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for joining us on International Waters. Not at all. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye, Dad. You can find <laughs> John's writing on the Guardian's website, guardian.co.uk, or through the internet website, Amazon, which you might have heard of. Sure. We'll be back in just a second on International Waters. <laughs>
As we enter our final round, the UK, which has held a commanding lead throughout the contest, still holds a commanding lead. Yay! (laughs) That's where we like to be. (laughs) Here's the good news for you, United States of America. As always, the winner of our final round receives 1,000 points, making all the rounds up till now more or less irrelevant. Oh, Oh, good. Feels like you should Um, balance it. I wish I knew that at the beginning. Or did we? Uh, no, I didn't know anything. (laughs) That's been clear throughout the course of this contest. (laughs) Um, we, we really imagine this whole game is kind of a symbol for the inherent futility of life. Mm. Imagine it is like a snake eating its tail or something like that. Why would a snake eat its own tail? Uh, barbecue sauce. Okay. (laughs) Just one example (laughs) of many possibilities. Um, this game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force that is widely considered to be bad or weak or sucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best defense, as judged by me, somewhat arbitrarily, will receive the 1,000 points. Excellent. For the UK, you will be defending Lads mags. Magazines like Nuts, Zoo, and FHM are aimed at adolescent boys and deal in dirty jokes and features like Assess My Breasts. You have 60 seconds to defend Lads Mags. Begin. Well, what could be better for our children's future than page after page <laughs> after page of disembodied breasts with no head on them sent by women wait who minute, think wait. that they're being <laughs> empowered somehow by sending in pictures of their nipples. I don't know if you've read Nuts, Margaret, but <laughs> Do you know it's what? not headless ladies. They are, I know that. Listen, Assess My Breasts specifically cuts the heads off these women so but they are just literally looking, off, looking out after I, these... I wouldn't know, because I largely <laughs> read calfskin-bound volumes of poetry. Sure. Which, uh, <laughs> but in, when in you have chanced upon these... But things. when I, you know... <laughs> Get the urge, <laughs> and I want to read a lot of jokes that have been stolen off the other internet, comedians yeah. in the internet <laughs> and put near some disembodied tits. <laughs> then I know that it's my right, and that's it's what our right. boys were fighting for when they threw back Hitler's hordes. Because Hitler famously, <laughs> Hitler famously was very anti lads mags. Really? And anybody that agrees with that is pro Hitler <laughs> and hates Jews. This is good. And this is good. That's Anti- time. Anti-Semitic. Mm. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I particularly like the sarcastic defense. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> that opens your defense. from being a feminist. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, United I'll States. I'll never hire you as my lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm using the we'll sarcasm. Sure, Andy strangled that lady. The case rests. <laughs> United States, you'll be defending Chili's. This casual dining establishment features self-consciously outrageous decor, giant sugary cocktails, and appetizers that sometimes contain as many as 2,000 calories. (laughs) Defend chilies in 60 seconds. Begin. Well, first of all, the fact that you know how many calories are in the uh, appetizers means that they are refreshingly honest about what they're serving. They do not. And and as a matter of fact, if you are a parent of a young child, as we all read in the news, Chili's will serve your four-year-old an alcoholic mudslide. So for a family of alcoholics, it is the place to enjoy dinner. That's a great way to put a kid to sleep on the way home. Also, Chili's is one of several practice restaurants. Uh, which I think are very important for our culture. It's the same thing on the menu, whatever chilies you go to. So that whole selection process and understanding different foods is not part of your dining out experience. You get to focus on other things like sitting upright and using utensils. Yeah, and you know, for for, for a child who doesn't who doesn't have the uh, money or the wherewithal to explore the world, nothing's better than chilies where they have decor like bicycles, umbrellas, and chairs on the wall to broaden the decor horizons of uh, perhaps a child in Idaho. And in closing, Chili's baby back ribs barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's time. Catchiness is not a defense. <laughs> Who sang that? Was that uh, sync? That, uh, that was Bette Midler. Bette Midler yeah. sang the uh, Chili's <laughs> baby back ribs. That's what she got her Oscar for, I believe. <laughs>
That was Patty Lapone, wasn't it? Patty Lapone. It was Patty Lapone. Mm. Was it Patty mm-hmm. Lapone and Mandy Patinkin? Yes, <laughs> it was Mandy Patinkin, oh, if Mandy. I'm not mistaken. They who who them down. together are the Moira Stewart of the United States? <laughs> <laughs> I know who Mandy Patinkin is. <laughs> well, I have to say that UK, I was I was moved and inspired first by your sour sarcasm. <laughs> Then, then by the yeah. fact that all you had left in the tank afterwards was Hitler. <laughs> that always happens. That's what got OJ off. <laughs> um, I'm just right now. I'm just imagining uh, like a whiteboard where you are brainstorming ideas, and it just has a, smi- a, a sad smiley face, and then a swastika, and the swastika is circled <laughs> with an arrow drawn towards it's the like, end to every argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're you going, are Hitler. We're going. <laughs> turn we're going turn to Hitler. page two hundred. <laughs> um, I am actually pretty impressed by the United States' relatively coherent argument. I particularly mm. enjoyed the idea of a practice restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> what does it, that it's mean? An, it's an intermediary step between McDonald's and Le Cirque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that people don't mess up. You, you, what you're saying, Andy, is that you're the, you're the kind of Hollywood insider who's mm-hmm. constantly dining at uh, fancy establishments Certainly. run by Wolfgang Puck and his associates. <laughs> That's correct. Presumably. And every once in a while, you'll see a rube or a rustic tuck the uh, <laughs> tablecloth into their pants and, and stand up and ruin everyone's evening. That's someone who never went to a practice restaurant. <laughs> we need a couple of years at Chili's in the minor leagues. Yes, exactly. Just to really tighten up that fork action before they hit, they hit the big league servings. That's correct. A rube or a rustic? Some sort of rustic will wander in, yeah. Perhaps a Shakespearean mechanical? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone with a gift for malaprops. <laughs> always, always. Someone, someone who doesn't know which fork to use for his salad? A lot, well, of, a lot of spoonerisms. I, I have to give this one to the United States, and with that, the championship. <laughs> boo! We don't deserve it. Oh, You're right to boo not us. Not at all. Yeah. This time around, we've decided that the best country in the whole entire world is the U.S. of A. Perhaps you can celebrate by forcing our friends across the water to create their own version of Entourage. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Colin Firth could be Vince. (laughs) Hugh Grant is Turtle. Let's go to Leicester Square and bang some chicks. (laughs) You've been listening to International Waters with me, your host, Jesse Thorne, playing this week Andy Daly, Aaron Gibson, Margaret Caburn-Smith, and Humphrey Carr with special guests John Crace and... Kurt Explodo Anderson, our theme tune, USA versus White Noise by Lady Tron. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The script written by Jordan Morris. If you think you've got what it takes to write a round of questions for International Waters, email IW at MaximumFun.org with your subject and some sample questions. The show was recorded at my house in Los Angeles by me and at Guilt Free Post London by Chris Morris, our producer in the old world, Mr. Colin Anderson. <laughs>